Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Was it last week just a crazy ending? We had a short week because of July 4th. Then we had ADP report come out at 497, 100% beat. Then we had uh, the BLS report come in at 209, a significant miss to the downside and a correction uh, of 100,000 from previous reports. And we have the CPI report, which now I understand is expected to be 3.1. I'm actually calling out. Two nine. I'm standing out on a very, you know, shaky branch. But Dan, what is going on? What happened in the market with jobs? ADP on Thursday, BLS on Friday, and then how are we set up for inflation on Wednesday? Wild times ahead. Yeah, I think actually <clears throat> the it was a roller coaster ride. First of all, yeah, and um, that's because of the the results of those two reports, for the most part. We're very different. So as you said, ADP, here's last week's calendar. ADP came in way higher, mm -hmm. 497 versus 228. And non-farm payrolls, I, it didn't come in a lot lower. I, I would say it's basically even. Well, the, I mean, one, thing, the one important point there was um, it's the first time actuals were below expectations in 11 months. Yeah, but yeah, it's fine. You know, <laughs> expectations. How do they figure those out? <laughs> and why? And why were they so far above them last time? Good question. Look, that last last month they were expecting two hundred, and they got three hundred six. Yeah. So this month they're expecting two twenty five and got two hundred nine. I'd say they're they're finally getting it right for a change. Okay. And then um, the unemployment rate, which is an important one to watch, as I've talked about before, it's one of the things that I watch for coming recession. I want to see that spike by a half a point or more right. and it went down, before the yeah. recession will start. And we actually went down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so ADP is what sent the market lower on Thursday. The non-farm payrolls is what sent the market higher in the beginning, in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I think because it was a Friday and because of the um, uncertainty about next week's CPI, yep. I think it sold off. And and there's some other reasons too. There's I'll show you the chart and there's some things to be concerned about right now, actually. Yeah. Well, let's get into that, but let's also, let's set up next week. CPI Wednesday is a big day. That's that's the last inflation reading. That's the last big number before the Fed meets at the end of the month. Right. And this one does not show the forecast, but you said 3.1 is what they're 3 .1, saying. Correct. Yes. 3.1. So 3.1, I think it's going to be 3. You think it's going to be 2.9. Yep. So we'll see. But speaking of that, let's go look at the uh, CPI. So this was in my newsletter this week. This is 
my go-to CPI chart. Mm -hmm. And this shaded box up here illustrates the 12-month uh, base effect. Yep. Basically, every month that a new number is reported, previous month drops off. So you can see last month when we went from 4.9 to 4. Mm -hmm. So that's a, so keep that in mind. That's a 0.9% drop. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was because of this. Look at the big, huge one that dropped off last month, yep. mm -hmm. right? Well, the one that drops off next week is even bigger. It is. So remember, they're, they're forecasting another 0.9, just like we had last month, but there's an actually a bigger, bigger one that's going to drop off. Mm -hmm. So that's why 2.9 may not be unreasonable. Yeah, and again, it's really about the month-on-month -month number. Month-on-month -month numbers for headline, they're expecting 0.3. Last month, we got 0.1. If if a headline comes in at 0.1, we will get a 2.9. That's just how math works. Yeah, and, and it kind of works. That's kind of illustrated down here. So it's the rate of change mm -hmm. of these numbers. And you can see that even, even if it was even, even if it came in equal to last month, Mm -hmm. the rate of change would still be down. Yes. So it would still push it down. So yes, even at 0.1, it's still going to push this down dramatically. And core CPI dropped slightly last month. Yeah, and now, core next... CPI, just so you know, is expected to be five next month. Yeah. I'm actually, and I'm calling four, nine. And again, the thing I want people to remember about core is core doesn't get really better till August. Right. August is when the housing, AKA shelter data, starts to roll over yeah uh, interestingly where's that cpi right here yeah right above interestingly in august we actually are not dropping off a positive number we're dropping off a negative number yeah for headline for headline so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how those two things butt heads yeah, it's funny you bring this up. I'm glad we're going here. I actually think, again, I, I'm out on a very shaky branch calling 2.9 for July reading. I'm actually calling 3 for the August reading because of the base effect. I think I think inflation might break yeah, trend. It'll go back up. Go I think it might go up. up more than that. I think it might go up to 3, 2 even. Yeah, so it's going to go up. Exactly. And what will happen is, that, you know, people that don't understand this, the base effect, mm -hmm. like the media, yeah, they just lose their mind. The media will say, "Oh my God, the, the Fed was right." You know, I don't think I don't think the Fed's going to raise uh, on the twenty sixth. Well, let's talk about that because you and I are now on a very small island, or at least it's a big island with very few inhabitants. The current smart money on Wall Street: ninety five percent people think they're raising. Right, and uh, you and I are like the only two guys left <laughs> that are saying they're not going to raise. Yeah, here's the rate hike on the 26th right here. Yeah. So I don't think they will. And the reason is because of that CPI number that's going to come in, especially if it comes in at 2.9. Mm -hmm. But if it comes in below that 3.1, which I think it will, mm -hmm. then the Fed is going to say, oh, look, stuff, you know, yeah, we still have some concerns. Um, the jobs numbers were weak, but we'd like to see it even weaker. Right. Um, so I think they probably won't raise. Yeah. Now, however, we're right here right now. 
However, they will say we reserve the right to raise and we still think we need two more by the end of the year. Of course, that's going to be his I, talk track this whole time. He has I to think, talk tough. He can't tell yep. the market he's done. Right. I think they will continue to say that. And they will have reinforcement in August. Oh, they will. Absolutely. And in fact, there is no raise. Fed meeting. They, there's no Fed there's meeting. There's no Fed August. meeting. There's not a meeting until September. Right. So I think they will probably raise in September. Oh, okay. And then I don't think they'll raise again. So you've got one more rate increase. Okay. I think there might be one more. Yeah. I think they're itching to do one more. Yeah. Okay. And I think this, I think the August number, that's why I say it's going to be interesting to see what the housing number, how it, how it uh, affects the CPI number. Because the two of those things are going to be butting into each other. Mm -hmm. It may, the, the uh, headline may actually go up while core actually might be static or go down. All right, that exactly. I think I again I've told people that inflation has three variables and core is not going to really see meaningful fall until housing. And that starts in August. And by that point, right. I think headline's done, you know, falling. So again, I think headline will get sticky, you know, at sub three, and then core will start rolling over. That's just how this is going to play. Yeah. Out. So if, if you look at the rest of these after July, after um yeah, after August. This is the this is the July number, but reported in August. Correct. It reported in August. So after that, it's still going up, but the next two are not going up very much. Mm -hmm. So even if we get a number of three, two, let's say, then it's going to probably be really slow coming back down. Mm -hmm. that, three, that's this three, is when one, it gets hard. Three, two, three, three, oh, three, one. It'll still be above three, probably. Yeah. This and is when that, it gets hard. This is when it gets hard. Yeah, that's that's why I think the Fed will say, well, we're going to hike one more time in September. Okay. And then when we get to this one, it'll it'll look like it's dropping again. So this is the October, this is November, so this will be December, the December number, whereas it got a bigger one. So December, I think, is going to probably be in the two somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then and then we'll have another one that's really really small, and then we'll have another big one. So I think we're going to probably be at two and a half by the beginning of next year, two and a half to 2.7, something in that range. Yeah. Let, so let's split, let's call it two, six. I mean, if the feds at two, six come January, 2024, right. I think that's a win, especially if unemployment's below 4%. If we have right. two 2.6% headline inflation and an unemployment rate below four, Hey, the feds, the feds done it. I mean, at that point. Yes, and hopefully they will see that they've done it. Now, I want to I want to caution everybody because this seems like it sounds really good. Wow, we're going to get a a number of two point nine. Mm -hmm. Inflation is dropping off a cliff, but keep in mind that this is the inflation rate. Correct. So June of last year, here's the peak right here, was at nine percent. All right. So even though the rate of change for inflation has been dropping, everything that went up by 9% here in June is still at, you know, eight or 9% above what it was a year before. Yep. So yeah, the rate of change is dropping, but the cost of goods is still up there. Correct. 
And the only way to bring that down is negative, negative inflation, deflation. Yeah, we're, disinflation and deflation are very different. Yes. Right. Disinflation is from June to where we are now. That is disinflation. That's where the rate of, <clears throat> the rate of change no longer goes up. The rate of change starts to go down. That is disinflation. Deflation is when it goes below zero, when it's negative inflation. And that's when the actual cost of goods starts to become less and less than it was a year ago. So while it's a good thing, it's a good thing for the economy and a good thing for everybody that, you know, disinflation is reducing the rate of change, mm -hmm. it still means that the cost of goods are high. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So well, how's the setup for next week? Is a lot of people flat going into Wednesday? What's what's going on? How's yeah, it, really good the early question. setup. Good question. I had a great week last week. In fact, even Friday morning, my account was up dramatically. Mm. And then when I looked at it at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> where'd it go? Yeah, like like half of my not half, maybe 30% of my gains had disappeared. Oh, okay. <laughs> So yeah, what happened? So let's take a look at, let me see which one, this one. So here's last week. And there's something that concerns me on this chart. Uh-oh. Let's see if you can pick it out. Me? Yeah. Oh, let's see. <laughs> this, is a, this is a pop quiz, Mike. Um, it's like you're in class. And well, that, that candle's not the one you want to see. Uh, that's one of them. It's part of it. That's I forget what they call it. It's that. a shooting yeah, star candle. That's a that's a bearish reversal. Yeah, that's not a good one. Um, also, you broke trend. I can see in the up, you're you're accelerating down. Whatever that's called. So, so the thing that I look at, and this is the way that I use the RSI. I'm going to go into or something in more detail next week. This is the um, relative strength indicator. It's relative strength for this particular symbol, which is the S and P, mm -hmm. and it can be somewhat helpful to identify turning points, you know, right. over oversold and overbought. Mm -hmm. But you have to re you have to always remember that if the market is trending, it can stay overbought for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So you can't automatically say, "Oh, it went above 70, so it's time for me to sell." Now, you would you would have sold here if you did that. But then the problem with selling or trying to pick the top is you don't know when to get back in. If you're just using the RSI, you'd say, well, I'm going to wait till it gets back down below 40 before I get back in. Well, it never did. Right. Went down and just went right back up again. So what I look at, what I use the RSI for is divergences. That is much more reliable to understand what's coming. Divergence, and they don't happen very often. Divergence means the price sets a higher price. That's this green arrow going up. But at the same time, relative strength sets a lower high. So is that is that maybe a sign that retail is piling in late and the big boys are getting out? Uh yes, you could look at it that way. And but you know, some of the big boys could still be getting in here. But really what it means is the the rally is running out of steam. That's the way to uh, read divergence. Rally is running out of steam. That the rally is running out of steam. Okay. It's just it's just getting tired. So the rally well, is given getting, that run. It's probably it's, so right. It's, it's going to have a great run since this, uh, you know, sideways 
since it broke out of the sideways thing here. Yeah, the box. The box, the Dar Darvis the box. The Darvis box. Yep. Um, had a great run up, and what this tells me, and I, I, and I look for these all the time. In fact, those charts that I showed you from my, I'll show the website at the end before we stop, mm -hmm. but the charts that I showed on my website, I am I will actually put in some, a few annotations that show support resistance. And if I see a divergence like this, mm -hmm. I will put that in there too. You will call it out because they don't happen so, that often. They don't happen that often, but they are very reliable. Mm -hmm. So between this bearish divergence and this shooting star candle, which means that rally basically completely reversed mm -hmm. on Friday. You have know, circled here where I think the market's probably headed. Okay. That's the next support level between 4,300 and 4,325. Okay. Now, the 21-day moving average, as I've always said, is reversion to the mean. Mm -hmm. So it could come down. And, and here's the interesting thing about next week. The CPI number isn't until Wednesday. Right. Right? So we could get two days of furious selling, mm -hmm. Monday and Tuesday. And then we get a better than expected CPI report and the market takes off again. So maybe it's it's gonna be it's going to be a uh, interesting and difficult. So what I guess I hear you saying is is when you know your spidey senses are telling you is Monday and Tuesday uh, don't have great setups. Right. That's right. But then Wednesday we could have an outside force change the spirits. Yes. Okay. CPI, and then all those people that are convinced that the Fed's going to be raising, well, mm -hmm. all of a sudden on CNBC saying, well, you know, they might actually not raise this next one. They might wait. We've had we've had a low employment number and we've had uh, better than expected CPI and maybe the maybe the Fed won't raise. Yeah, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll take off. You maybe know, they'll join us. Maybe they'll join us on the island. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now it's, there's plenty of space on the island. <laughs> right. Exactly. So anyway, that's uh, that's the way I'm seeing it. So I showed the CPI. What I didn't show is the commodities. Mm -hmm. So this this will play an important role or somewhat of a role in the um, Fed decision on the 26th. Yeah. And you, what you can see is even though the CPI is going to come down dramatically, the good news is that the commodities haven't really been going up that much. Yeah, they're just sideways. They've just been going sideways, basically. Gasoline is the one that everybody looks at because they fill up their tank every week, basically, sure. and you know they know what the prices are. But all of these commodities are basically just moving sideways. Mm -hmm. And you can see the previous rate hikes. You can see the first five, the market continued down. But the last six or last five, because the last one was zero, the last five, the market continued to go up, mm. even with all of these rate hikes. So the market is used to the rate, not only used to the rate hikes, but the market is pricing in the expectation that that uh, hikes will be yeah. ending soon. Yeah, I think. So, well, I think right now that so I think there's a couple of things that happened last week. Uh, one, uh, the smart money is pricing in 95% chance of a July rate hike. Also, I think interestingly is there are occur I don't think there's anybody calling for rate cuts this year, at least nobody right. of consequence. So I think they've finally given that up. And you see yeah. the 10 year take off. 
the other thing yes. I think we need to watch is the two-year note. The last time the two-year note got to 5%, which I think it did Thursday, it took out Silicon Valley Bank. We have a lot of banks who may be um, insolvent on their balance sheet. And we got to watch this. This is what took out SVB in whatever it was, March, I think. Right. Here's the, um, this is the 10-year and two-year. There's the inverted yield curve. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have the two-year by itself, but I have the two-year versus the three-month right down here. Yeah. And But here's the here's the 10-year right here by itself. You can see how it's spiking up to four. Yeah, it broke four. Yeah. Just a little above four. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it has been moving up ever since really the beginning of the beginning of uh, well, it was moving up before the beginning of this year. It's right about <clears throat> at the high that it was back here. So it's about to break, actually break out to a new high. Yeah. Yeah. Mortgage rates are up. Mortgage rates touched 7.22 last week, I think on Thursday before coming down slightly on Friday. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how mortgage rates react early. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in the week. So it's, it's going to be an interesting week for sure. Yes, it will. But so this, you know, the, the good thing is that it's still below zero. Mm -hmm. So this is my number one recession indicator. When this goes back above zero, we've got six to nine months before a recession. So it's, it's, it's a very reliable impact. indicator of a recession. Everybody has said that. What they typically don't follow up with is that the recession doesn't happen until it goes back above zero. Mm. So you can see the last one here took five months. Went above zero, took five months for a recession. Back over here, went back above zero, took six months before the recession. So it's not until this goes back above zero that we start we start the clock. Okay. I like it. All right. Well, you want to show your uh, website? Just kind of round this up. Yep. So for those that have been watching, I... We'll no longer be sending out an email. Next week will probably be the last email that I send. And the email will have nothing more than the PDF of the weekly newsletter and a link to my website. <clears throat> so this is my new website here. Um, and this will have, you'll, you'll have to register with your email, but I don't ask for a credit card and it's still free and I don't sell emails or give away or anything like that. So you can still get the, the newsletter, but you'll do it through the website instead. And there are a ton more things in the website, which I'll talk about next week on our session on the 16th. But this is the way, you know, from now on, this is the way that I will deliver the newsletter through this link. You can actually go there now if you want to and sign up. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you don't you don't need to send me an email. You can, you certainly can if you'd like, but I'll end up just sending you this link. Yeah. Or you can just go to the link and register yeah. your email there. Yeah, go to the website, breakpointtrading.net. Register. It is free. You do have to just put in your email address. This newsletter has been helping out uh, hundreds of people, uh, will eventually be thousands of people. Uh, he has been very right for a very long time. And uh, I can't wait to do this next week with you. We're going to do a three-hour session, uh, really helping the one rental at a time community become better stock investors. And I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be fun. By the way, for those, I, I just want to say this real quick, for those that sure. use their their mobile phones. It's not optimized for mobile yet. So 
This is what you'll see when you use your mobile phone. Just click on this little menu bar down here and you'll get all of the, the menu for all the pages and the weekly newsletter is the number one right at the top. There you go. Just click click on that and we'll ask you to register your email and then it will get download the PDF and you can read it right from there. There you go. One week away. I can't wait. We're going to make better investors out there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Dan, thank you so much and enjoy your week. You bet. Have a good weekend. You too.